0: Live from Sorcerer Yen Sid's Tower, this is Derrill Trains of Thought. Him. Hello. It's kind of dank here. I would say
1: this tower is kind of mysterious. It is. It's a mysterious tower. I'm, it's kind of dirty
0: and everything. Hopefully,
1: get cleaned up. Yeah, it they, they could use a good washing, I yeah. think. There's even a broom lying against the wall over there. you think someone would start sweeping. Uh, hopefully, sometime when we're here, or maybe not when we're not here. Yeah. We'll see. It's kind of a quiet place compared to the, well, I guess the other tower it was we we're quite at quiet. Was quiet, but it was uh, more occupied. Yes.
0: This is pretty lonely. It seems like yes, and very mysterious. Yes, have I said that before? You have. Okay. Yes, it's kind of fantastical. But well, anyways, welcome, yeah. welcome. We're back after our 80th episode. Yeah, this is this is number 81. Yeah. Um, we will we will have to say something, kind of a um audience <sighs> feedback here. So
1: you, we need to come clean. Is we that do what you're need saying? to come
0: clean. So in case you did not get it last episode, uh, we played it very straight, but. No one wrote into to us last we, episode. You guys don't love us. We didn't receive any questions. We, we only asked once, and you can't do it on the internet. You gotta ask multiple times. Yeah. But anyway, so we made, we made up all the questions. The answers are fairly accurate, though. Some of them made up as well, though.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, the podcast goes to every place. That. Well, no,
0: that that one was true. But I mean, that's yeah. some of the last ones about like Gary Larson and stuff. I oh, okay, yeah, we're not up. we're
1: not sure about the whole
0: conspiracy. No, thing. yeah, and um, uh, just clear the record. The last question about Strind Fred, Fred and the connecting stories and everything completely false. I was just making stuff
1: up. Oh, there's no there's no Nick Hayden universe.
0: No, there's no Nick Hayden universe. It made so. sense. Though. It made a lot of sense. I kind of want to do it now, honestly, <laughs> <laughs> but completely made up. So what, your so, clue guys were uh, was our question about mockumentaries and and and, and fic, spoofs and and spoofs and um fake stuff fake nonfiction fake news yeah so so it, if you caught it congratulations if you didn't we, we're um, sorry Tim does not have a girl knocking at the door yet yet uh, <laughs> sorry Eric <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
1: Now that we've come clean, hopefully you've come to know us a little bit more and our devious ways. Yes, we had a lot of fun, <laughs> and also it just goes to show sometimes you can't believe everything you see or hear.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, so, but this is this is a real podcast. This is a real podcast with pod- real information
1: with real voices. Yes, and but anyway, the whole uh, not everything is what as it appears is very fitting for this episode. So, I think yeah. So let's get started with our
0: story school. In episode 79, two episodes back, we talked about words. And Jen had a, Tim had a very nice story about um, his college career, and people said, um, words are dead, image is king. That was an art exhibit that uh, someone put up and put in the library. If you haven't listened to episode 71, go do it. It's 79. Seven, yes, thank you. <laughs> 79. But we thought it would be appropriate to also talk about images.
1: Yes. Because we said, uh, I, I like the title of your episode, that episode that you came up with, uh, A Word is Worth a Thousand Pictures. Yes. Of course, that's playing off the whole idea of pictures worth a thousand words, which... It's has also some truth true. to it. Yeah, it also has some truth
0: to it. So, and we thought we, we really highly praised words, and we didn't want you to think that we don't also like images.
1: Yeah. And I think it's also nice to start kind of with the, uh, the philosophy behind image. It was good to also touch on why, you know, there's some danger to relying too much on images. I was talking with Nick, and I meant to look into this before, and I forgot to. It was either John Calvin or uh, Zwingli. Back in the beginning of the Reformation, two leaders of the two of the more strict leaders, in some ways, one of them in their community, they actually I think they outlawed images of Jesus mm-hmm. um, because they took the you know Thou shalt not make it any graven image very seriously and very mm-hmm. literally. The idea being that if you were to try to make an image of of Christ then your idea of who that would be would be to, would be skewed to that. You would be worshiping this picture of who he is rather than him being kind of distant and holier. And...
0: and I had read recently some big Christian blogger kind of recommending the same thing. For him personally, he watched Passion of the Christ, and then when he was praying, he tended to see Jim Caviezel in his head. Mm. Um, I, I'm not that image-oriented in my brain. Mm. Um, that's not a danger for me. Yeah. <laughs> but— I never thought about that sort of, ins- not insidious, but in a bad way, but that, you know, the way images just kind of seep into your consciousness. And even in religious senses, you know, your your perception, people will, will joke about, you know, that all our ideas of Jesus are, you know, a blue-eyed, bearded, white guy. Yeah. You know, which it was Jewish. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but we have skewed images of... Of what he looked like. Yeah.
1: And, and yeah, and certain things. Um, I mean, I think the the one benefit to having their having been so much Christian art over the years, is that while there is sort of an archetypal picture of who Jesus is, at the same time, we've seen many different actors at this point yeah. portray Jesus. And as long as you don't ever hold true to one version of that, that doesn't have to be your, your defining Jesus. Just st- <laughs> at no, least no, it no, shouldn't no, be.
0: Now, to step back, up, because we started, you know, this is the philosophy of images. Well, images are very powerful. I mean, God 2nd doesn't want us to encapsulate him yeah right, but because images we used to talk about words encapsulating and v- v- images being vague, but even images have a certain amount of definition definition, or at least I wonder if there's so much definition or or a, a saying what it's not
1: hmm that's interesting i just I just it.
0: came up with that you know we see an image, a lot of things go away, but there's still a lot of wiggle room inside. What you see.
1: That's an interesting point because when you read a book, you can sort of visualize things how they want. But if you see an adaptation of it, then it's like, well, this is what this looks like now. And it's sometimes it's sort of hard to, to break away from that and go back to kind of the vague idea you originally yeah. had.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with movies. Once you watch a movie, then when you read the book, you always view Elijah Wood as Frodo or whatever. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, it, that's the danger. Anyway. Yeah.
0: And in, in books, it doesn't matter that much, except sometimes. There's details that are just wrong because you get a good actor that it's not exactly the right height or what, you know, for right, those super right. detailed stuff.
1: Or sometimes you, you, it's easy to do sort of the reverse of that where, like, if you, you read a book that, you know, maybe doesn't have a movie yet— and you, uh, some people will, will cast or like you know oh, certain certain characteristics cast. of a character remind you of yeah of, of an actor or some other sort of and you sort of imagine that as that person even though sometimes that's even not what the author intended to like but descriptions are really easy to glance
0: over. It's interesting. I, I've been rereading Dragonborn, the third and real time book, and I, I found out that apparently he had like people would ask him all how high how tall these characters were, and he had like heights for them all and everything Uh uh-huh like five four and like oh wow that's (laughs) very specific that's very specific yeah exactly (laughs) um and some writers are much more specific in how they write you know in their visual what they are expecting the reader to pick up yeah then like for instance i'm not (laughs) but anyway so that's kind of one big idea and also i want to talk do you have more on that I might, but so we'll see if I... We'll can circle around later here, then, too. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I want to talk about some of the benefits of images. Yeah. Over words and other things. One is they have so much emotional impact that, you know, most of your, you know, your memories that are stuck in your head are usually just an image, just an idea, not an right. idea in like word, but I got to be careful or, how I or, use it. Or like a scene or, or something. Or a scene, yeah, yeah. You know, you go to a movie and you're like, this, oh, this shot, you know, you mm-hmm. have those people like how this looks or this, how the light plays off this, that there's... I think images inherently have a more, have a faster track into the emotions than words do. You can write whole books that are basically just abstract. Yeah. And an image normally, I mean, you can have abstract images. Right. But generally, create an emotional response of some sort. Yeah. You know, this is why people they're getting married, they turn to see their bride in the thing, and they have emotional reactions. You don't do that when you like you necessarily read about some person turn around seeing.
1: Or like, in <laughs> on, on more tragic sort of levels, you know, statistics usually don't convey an idea. You know, you hear about so many people were murdered by this regime or something, and yeah. you're like, "Well, I, I I can't even wrap my mind around that sort of number." And then, it, but then seeing like photographs of mass graves or you know the the remains of a of an aborted mm-hmm. um, infant, or like
0: this is the silent scream. Is that the oh the uh, painting? No, 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 no. That's not. No, there's the, the abortion, the video that shows oh. the baby aborted, and they use it, you know, in in arguments and whatever. And that does that mm-hmm. does more normally for than yeah all the statistics. In the same way, you know, if you want people to donate to your humane shelter, you show like images of dogs looking really sad. You ever seen those commercials? <laughs> yes. And suddenly you're like, I don't even care, but I must give you money. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There's an instancy to it. It's like. Because, you know, we speak in euphemisms all the time. You know, this person passed away yeah. or, you know, they. this many people were lost. But when you actually s- – sometimes actually seeing a thing is mm-hmm. what – makes you realize what that thing is yeah it, it's sort of like I was thinking on a less serious note like if you like people trying to describe an animal that you've never seen before oh, yeah. like how, how would you describe a uh, like say a hippopotamus to someone who had never seen a hippopotamus before yeah. it's like well this is a really big thing with a large mouth. well how large well it's kind <laughs> of like it's a weird oval not quite oval it's yeah. like rounded rectangle shape and people would have this very weird like you know kind of <laughs> child sketch drawing in their head until they actually were able to see it a Picture of what a rhinoceros looks like. I mean, it's like or some a of,
0: hippopotamus looks like. Yeah. I, I talk to my kids sometimes, like, talking about something like, what, what is that? I'm like, hey, come to YouTube with me, and I'll show them, you know, here's Devil's Tower, here's the Great Wall of China, you know. Mm-hmm. A picture is way easier than me trying to explain the thing.
1: You know, I and I was even I was watching a um, a documentary on Martin Luther recently, mm-hmm. which is really fascinating as a Lutheran, you should totally check it out. Yeah, um, I'll tell you. I heard
0: that. it was very good. Yeah,
1: the one on PBS. Yeah, yeah, I haven't
0: watched it, but I heard it was very. Good. Oh, it was, it was super
1: good. But one thing they actually talked about is how they uh, how Luther actually thought it was important to educate children and mm-hmm. um, to be able to read and to about the Bible and things like that, which I never thought about it being kind of a revolutionary idea but it would have been in Luther's time period cuz yeah. you know mostly that was something for the the uh, elite class the elite and stuff class, like yeah. that and he's, he's like no everyone should be able to read this stuff uh, but one of the things he did when he uh, helped develop books for uh, cuz you know he was the first mass media publisher yeah. basically but when he was helping develop books for children was he knew it was important to have images in there they had pictures you know the wood oh, yeah. carving cutouts and things like yeah. that cuz that's something children can identify with right away which I just thought was really interesting. You know, we think of Luther as being kind of a, a master writer and crafter of the word, but obviously he knew
0: the power of images too. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, when you start, you know, I have young kids and you start with the picture books and, mm-hmm. you know, that engages them. They, I mean, Renny, she's learning to read now, but she still loves the, you know, she wants, you know, I'm reading Narnia, like, is there a picture on this page? Uh-huh. Not yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, because. It is just a lot more fun to just see it as opposed to hear all this talk about Moors and Heather and, you know, the Mount, you know. It takes more brain power in a way. And sometimes you don't have the reference for it. Like, if you're not English, it's hard to get, like, Tolkien's description of land.
1: That's true. (laughs) That's a very good point. (laughs) Although, speaking of Tolkien, I want to jump into him real quick. It's interesting, too, to think, you know, we talked a lot about words and having meaning. You know, written words... You have to rely on an image to see to yeah. actually see them, and there's there's a whole way of expressing words through
0: language with you know with typography and that's yeah. I mean, matters a ton. How I'll pick a book sometime and I'm like I can't even read this just because it, it looks, looks bad. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's just it, interesting. It's basically kind of a way of image showing word and expressing
0: words. And it's interesting. Image also can I have relate can lie in the sense that. We're wired to think as humans to want beautiful things, mm-hmm. but sometimes things can look beautiful and not be good, mm-hmm. and sometimes things can look ugly and be beneficial. Yeah, you know. So you know, our sometimes the emotional response is not the same as the what's behind it.
1: Yeah. No, that's that's very true. We, this is why I'm I'm. I've been very skeptical of certain kinds of documentaries. I know I just praise a historical documentary, but yeah. but there's there's a style of documentary that I'm very wary of, and and of the the genre and in, in general the genre in general, <laughs> um, because yeah, it's very easy to sh- just sit back and watch a documentary and not be able to really evaluate much what's saying because you know it just keeps moving and yeah. it's just kind of a flood of
0: images and and, and the images are you picked and, for. To make you feel something. You yeah. Know, make you feel disgust or mm-hmm. happiness or.
1: Yeah. It can be a very useful medium, but I think it can easily
0: be a very um, propaganda-ish medium. Yeah, because because it is, it, it does subvert the reason or can, mm-hmm. not, not always, but there's, a, there's many ways it gets around the brain. Mm-hmm. Going back to the grave and images thing, sort of
1: when we were talking about this episode, I mentioned the Jesus movie. Oh yeah, which has been used as a great evangelistic tool for uh, you know taking to people who have never heard the gospel before. but at the same time, part of me has wondered sometimes if you've never seen moving images before, how much are you being overwhelmed by the actual you know, the actual words of Jesus, or are you just kind of enamored by a magic show? And so you'll yeah. believe whatever the, these people tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, hopefully, and I believe there are certainly people who have actually been changed for the better and who have been, you know, honestly saved and come to know Jesus yeah. through it. But it is, it's is—it's just one of those things that you kind of tilt your head and go, huh. And I imagine as media savvy as Americans are, you know, kind of the, the way social media works these days, it's, you can also very easily see us being kind of, you know, led by the teeth some ways in the way we just kind of take whatever we see on TV mm-hmm. at face value.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's interesting with images, you know, it's, it's quicker, it subverts, you know, it's, it's it's in some ways a shorthand that with a social media and everything, we're almost making like a new, whole new hieroglyphics. Oh, yeah. You know, between GIFs or GIFs, I don't know. We're going to have an argument <laughs> over that. You're thinking Doctor Who right now, aren't you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I wasn't actually. But. So, um,
0: emojis, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you have whole Facebook conversations with like just pictures. Uh, you know, it's like. It's it's very, f- it is
1: very pictogrammy or like, uh, yeah, a very hieroglyphs. Yeah, emojis are the new hieroglyphs in yeah, some ways. It's yeah,
0: very, it's very interesting when in some ways it's become a shorthand of. Just like it's a shared amount of like um code almost. Mm. Like thumbs up, yeah. party signs, you know, um the got, thinking face. Thinking
1: face. The <laughs> winking. I have done way more winking through uh, <laughs> emojis than I ever
0: have in real life. No one does that in real life. Hi, Tim. But it's uh well it's interesting. We do it it's it's fast because to write what you mean takes time. To yeah. write the sentence and then do to cap it off with a proper emotion, I'm gonna wink, therefore they know I'm joking, or I'm yes, gonna, yeah. you know, put mad face so they know that I'm serious, you know. Well,
1: because because as as it's been said before, sarcasm doesn't always translate well over the internet, so sometimes yeah. you need sort of that that visual cue to go with it.
0: Well, and then the visual cue is helpful because most of the time people don't spend, you know, they don't sit there like I'm going to make sure people really understand what I'm saying. Yeah, they just throw it out mm. fast and. You know, it's like we like color color code it,
1: right? And honestly, I imagine like visual cues is probably one reason why some people thought our last podcast was completely genuine because they yeah. couldn't see us like kind of smirking to each other. Oh yeah, or... we were we were having a blast. <laughs> <laughs> but but radio is, I guess, that's sort of a an audio image, some way because there's a lot that you're not seeing. Yeah, exactly, so that might be a stretch—an audio image. <laughs> an audio image. you had to see it to believe it. Or hear it. Hear it, yes. We should definitely talk cinematography a little bit. Or like, the French actually have this term called mise-en-scene, which basically means the, well, I don't remember the exact pronunciation, but the idea of it is what's all encapsulated in a scene, in a visual scene. Um, This probably started first with, like, paintings and visual art like that. I mean, because the thing, the reason why you can sit, stand in front of a painting at the museum and just stare at it for a while is because... Here you have a very specific image that an artist has taken great pains to pick out every detail, and for.
0: The com- it's composed. It's co- the composition, is the very composition. Personal. You got the the. I don't forget the rule. You go with the rule of thirds, and you rule got the triangular. Third.
1: And you, there's thing. the lighting that goes mm-hmm. on. You know,
0: what are you supposed to be focusing on? And what? And there's there's a lot more work than mo- you look at. a Good picture. You're like, oh, that's a good picture. And there's a lot of work that went behind it to make you look and see and what you. What well, they wanted you to. Yeah.
1: And a lot of times it tells a story, which yeah. is why we're talking about images on this podcast. In case you missed, a, it's like, this is supposed to be a storytelling podcast. Hey, I mentioned storytelling. Well, obviously, a <laughs> lot of times they, they do tell a story. You know, Norman Rockwell
0: was a great an oh, American yeah. guy. At, like, I have a calendar right now at work that every month has a new one. <laughs> And And oh, he was highly inspired by Rembrandt, who was also very involved in this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And was one of the greatest at doing the kind of the, the, the capturing the scene. I just I heard a... I um I think it was in the world and everything in a podcast they were talking about Rembrandt because it's some anniversary of his birth or whatever. Mm-hmm. They could capture like the 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 moment in the story he did a lot of biblical stories. Yeah. that encapsulate everything and all the emotions right in that one, in that one moment. moment. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know it's interesting that art went from a very um you know the realistic period of Rembrandt to then we got the more impressionistic work of your Monets and things like that. And yeah. Then you got I got more abstract later on, and there's some abstract art that is doesn't really say much. And then sometimes you see some abstract art that's like, okay, I sort of get kind of where you're going with here. It's a that's it's it's interesting line. I think I remember going to an art museum with a homeschool family, and we were all very purist, like conservative, like no, this is the way it should be. But then, um, I remember one guy. One of the the art people there pointing out is like, well, your clothes are all kind of abstract. You know, you, yeah. you you still say something with what you wear. Yeah. Which we might talk about that in the future episode. Yes. But you know, there's something to the to the abstract, to the impressionistic that you that gives you a different sort of idea than just the the realistic, the mise insane Saint sort of look. So, too. so they
0: take that from pictures from um, paintings, and now they move add motion to it.
1: Yes. And that's a lot of the one of one of my uh, books at film school is actually called Every Frame a Rembrandt. Okay, um, which honestly, the cinematography was the part I always found most difficult about directing. That's why I tended to go more into editing phase because it was an easier bit of storytelling for me to to work with. Trying to uh, set up, plan like every detail in a shot, which, oh, yeah. what, what, which is what some filmmakers aspire to do. Um, whereas me, I'm always like uh, the actors will do stuff, and I'll point my camera at it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, and even even with my basic video stuff, I've always I've always knew, known that was sort of my weak spot. I can I can frame up a shot to make it look interesting usually, mm-hmm. but if I was to try to pre-plan something, that I get
0: I break out in a sweat. And the thing is, like most people, and I'm on it most of the time, don't even notice all the work going into each shot. Sometimes certain movies you can tell more just because of yeah. the type of movie. It is. Like you can tell Spielberg. You always you always are doing exactly what when you take a step back like, oh whoa, well, I just been captivated with scene from scene. I haven't even it's been effortless. Yeah. Or we you and I went to go see uh Castle Cagliostro in mm-hmm. the theater. Which is awesome. You guys need to go watch that movie if you haven't seen it somehow. Yeah. But um John Laster from Pixar was talking about it before it showed. He had deconstructed the whole movie scene by scene or shot by shot. But he talked about the the camera angles and stuff that miyazaki was basically making up that couldn't be done before or hadn't much been done before that and in animation in animation and you that stuff i would never even consider i'm like it's just a cartoon you know (laughs) i know it's a very good cartoon and, and miyazaki knows what he's doing but you don't even think in those terms yeah
1: i think the thing that most people don't realize especially until you're like at a film set and the lighting setup takes forever lighting is one of the it's such a key part of any filmmaking process and it's one of the most overlooked things and uh, like any good filmmaker that's you know it's supposed to well, it's supposed to be overlooked it's supposed to be overlooked for the most part yeah. you know the the focus is supposed to be on the story so as long as the lighting you know enhances that as much as possible you know edit, most editors don't want to be noticed most lighting directors don't want to be noticed unless you're being purposely very dramatic yeah. for something then they should look cool and dramatic and and make all the film students go ooh, but uh, lighting takes forever. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was the thing that always drove me nuts about any project I, I worked on, on on set. A lot of times you would you would have an idea of what you wanted to look like, but then you like, well, no, let's let's try placing it over here. No, I don't like that shadow. Or oh no, there's too much of a bright spot here. Let's get some gels. Or what color temperature should we should we have for this scene? Or Honestly, sometimes it could take like an hour just to set up wow. and and when you're working on a student film, you your time is very limited yeah. without considering all the shots that you have to get in a very limited amount of space.
0: And in movies images, you know, half the reason movies go off is because that looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that's that's like uh uh-huh. He that that shot was cool. That fight scene was well choreographed or is how it flows, how it, you know that you have the planning and the framing in such a way that it's never happening in real life that you, yeah. you know. You watch a home movie, and it just looks like real life. <laughs> you know, it just does.
1: The camera shaking all over the place, trying to zoom in and out. Yeah,
0: and, and blurry focus, and
1: yeah, that, that's that's how natural filmmaking looks.
0: Yeah, and anime is particularly good at this because they even have more control. They
1: have they have a, a certain style. It's almost like a they almost have like not quite comic book style because American comic books would even be different than what anime does. Yeah. But it's like
0: yeah. I mean there's scenes burning in my mind from Evangelion, just shots of Oh sure. I mean and Evangelion's like, we're just gonna sit here for about thirty seconds and not move the frame because <laughs> they did that. Yeah. But um just
1: stare and and kind of absorb the moment. Absorb
0: for, yeah. And it's a very powerful way of doing things. And most, you know, most people have that movie, my parents, especially, and but a lot of people, when Avatar came out, hmm. the the blue one, not the last airbender. Right. Um, you know, it just looked fabulous. You know, mm-hmm. that was, the story didn't matter, yeah. really. Yeah. That for a lot of people. I mean, it couldn't be a horrible story. It was a, it was a, it was a doable story. Yeah.
1: It was serviceable.
0: Yeah, exactly. And that's all, <laughs> that was all people really needed at the time because mm-hmm. it was such a rush to watch.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember thinking even myself like there were things that looked cool. But at the same time, I was like,
0: but Final Fantasy has done worlds like this. <laughs> well, but not long. I mean,
1: not. But thing. not for it was. It wasn't a mass market thing. It wasn't. Uh, yeah, and the uh, the 3D was sort of a new the new gimmick thing at that point. And I don't know why people fell for it, but I, I never. really yeah, I don't did. think. I don't
0: think it has aged as well as. No, but um, well, like you know, the new Star Wars preview came out. Yes, for. I always, I'm always just amazed with the look. It just looks nice. I just, I just love the look of this new Star Wars.
1: Well, it's so interesting. They're going with a very particular red theme for this one. I mean, it's pretty obvious with the posters, but even in the the trailer itself, you know, you got the the weird red clouds of dust that the speeders yeah. or whatever leave behind. And yeah. there's there's that one like overhead shot. I think it was of Kylo Ren and others walking through, and there was like red on the floor. I didn't yeah. know if it was like blood or or what have you, but uh, it'll be very interesting to see the visual cues that they do with that.
0: Have we talked about on the podcast the color planning that Pixar does?
1: I don't know if we have it on the podcast or not. Okay, so I
0: have this book that I got, for I think, for Christmas, but Pixar, when they plan a movie, they do storyboarding like most things do, but they also do... I don't know what they call it anymore, but like color boarding, basically. Like, what is the basic color feel? Or color scheme. Color scheme that's gonna go through this part of the movie and this part. And they choose very specifically, like, it's gonna be blue here, and then here's gonna get red for, you know, because colors evoke emotion. Uh-huh. And they, they're very, they really plan out here's kind of the, the the color emotional palette that's going, that the story it tells. Mm-hmm. The Which one I think I, is a fascinating thing.
1: Yeah, the one I remember the most is. Uh, because I have not i have that read all the book, but yeah. I remember Wally particularly. You know, you've got lots of brown in the beginning part mm-hmm. of the movie, but I think I think one of the only things that's green is the plants that yeah. Wally finds because they want to very emphasize the the green, the growth of that um, that. And I guess when he had, there's a little symbol for in the in the ship, yeah, for and, like life or what, yeah, yeah, for that life. And the, but I mean elsewhere, even on the ship, you know, look at the color scheme of it. it's like very white. What, it's kind yeah. of a dead kind of. Sanitized look for most of the ship, and yeah. so there's very little green except for the leaf because they really
0: wanted to kind of make that pop. I like that because yeah, the ship is very sanitized, and the earth's very just beat up. There mm, is very brown and gray, and there's you know the whole theme of movies are actually life, living, you know, and that mm-hmm. it's just that plant.
1: Yeah, it's interesting to watch certain movies. I mean, it's it's easy to forget other certain movies will really emphasize the color. Like yeah. Hero plays with color well, a lot. <laughs> You know, even going back to the Star Wars, obviously there's a lot of
0: light and dark, you know, Mm -hmm. the the blue lightsabers, the red lightsabers. Well, and then, you know, George Lucas very specifically wanted kind of that, you know, like worn down look for the original movies. Yeah. And then one kind of very sleek, more lively, uh, well done for the prequels. You know, prequels just look so much prettier. mm and some of that's the, some of that's the CG work, but, but I think but I think for one understand, some of it was purposeful too.
1: Yeah, so the design, like the Naboo ships, are all or very Naboo. The
0: planet, I mean, we have never been to a nice, like
1: a lush planet.
0: Well, I mean, we had Endor, well, Endor but, but not
1: not a civilized, not civilized one. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So, I mean, we've just kind of skimmed the surface yeah, here and, and, on cinematography and just the the general power of images and and how much goes
0: on purposely that we that uh, sometimes viewers aren't even aware of. Yeah, and it's really a medium that's much more set up for, obviously, movies and TV and comics. Books don't have the image in the same way. I mean, you can talk about imagery. And, you know, one thing I almost forgot
1: to mention, sometimes there are things that storytellers, the directors, filmmakers will say through the shot composition that without having any words. I mean, obviously, silent movies, this is how yeah. you have to do it. But, um, like, I remember one moment in... In Dunkirk, okay, oh, yeah. because Christopher Nolan is a great visual yeah. artist. I and there's very
0: little words in that. And
1: there's yeah, there's not a whole lot of talking. But I remember one particular moment where. They, uh, they're on the boats and they, they, uh, the guy is in the in the back room and you know he's it's the guy that they picked up from the water and he's a little unhinged Oh yeah, and the boy looks just looks at the door handle and it doesn't say anything but you know he wants to lock it mm-hmm. because the guy's just a little unhinged. you don't know know if he should be out so I mean that's just an example of saying something without saying something yeah, and sometimes uh, yeah images can do that
0: All right then uh, with that, we'll go to our first soundtrack. So my soundtrack today is a little different. Um, I had a normal one picked out, then decided to go a little... Different. Different, yeah, <laughs> to repeat myself. Uh, Shenobulba. Shinobulba? Yes, thank you. Um, I, Sam is his name. Sam. I don't know
1: if that's actually accurate.
0: Um, Sam is his first name. Anyways, he's he does some... Sam he is? Not Sam he is. Um, <laughs> but he does some... He do, has done some remix or Ocock remix, but he does a lot of kind of piano impro, uh, improvisation and set and he did this one session where people would send him images and he'd just play a song based on the image it says we're talking imager i thought it'd be good and one of them had this image of a guy dressed up as darth vader in the ocean like knee deep in water with like one of those filtering water things water filters water filter containers um and he was pouring into a bottle, into or was... a bottle or something. It was a ridiculous image, <laughs> um, but anyways, then um, Shinola Bulbola wrote a song called uh, "Darth" or just played on the spot a song that he entitled "Darth Vader Saves the Ocean." Um, so we took this from the YouTube video of him doing this of his session of his session, and I hope you enjoy. And we're back. Hopefully enjoy that little uh, soothing piano. Who knew Darth Vader could be so calming? I know. It's very nice. Yeah. All right. We're going to go into our second section, and we're going to start with a bit of story. All right, Nick, what story do you have for us today? All right. So, um this story i was actually wrote i've been writing about a flash fiction a week lately and so i'm every week i'm like what am i gonna write about and we had just done our podcast on words um and so i was that was in the front of my mind and so i wrote this story called images of light that was called i believe <laughs> <laughs> titles come last actually in many ways and it was just kind of my my wrestling through kind of you know this this word image divide that we had kind of highlighted both this episode and episode 79 and so here it is Images of Light. They came not in ships, but in beams of light. Creatures of many eyes, their forms wavered insubstantial before us. They did not speak, but when one of their eyes, a film of colored photons, a mere hologram projected across the expanse of space, touched us, we saw landscapes and constellations, caves of crystal and deserts of blue sand, twisted plants and writhing phosphorescence. They were like Ezekiel's vision, appalling and fascinating and unearthly. They must be advanced to have come so far, to have seen such things. They peered at us patiently, and we turned our efforts to teaching them our language, certain we could not comprehend theirs. We began with the alphabet. We showed them A, and they touched us a mountain peak against an orange sky, a violet streak of sunset stretched against calm waters. We spoke the sound, ah, and they stared at us. We continued with B. The touch came, the shiver of light upon flesh. A single cloud in the green-tinged sky, a creature fat and lazy nursing its young. Two rocks stacked one upon another. We spoke the sound, B, and their many eyes stared unblinkingly. Through all twenty-six symbols we continued, our wide smiles and exaggerated gestures veiling our dwindling confidence. We could not help but think these celestial beings were like children on the first day of school, who looked uncomprehendingly at the big, bold letters that ran the border of the room and at the hieroglyphs of their own name printed and taped onto their desk and understood nothing. But no, the aliens were processing our feeble language in their condescension, we told ourselves. Or, at worst, they struggled to imitate a method of verbalization so foreign to their own, like Americans learning the Bushmen's cliques. We signed to them to speak in their own tongue, or if they had no tongue, for we had yet to locate their mouths. Then, in their own way, whether by whistle or gesture or an intricate Morse code of blinks and winks. They stared at us with hundreds of eyes and made no sound we could detect, even with our instruments and no patterns we could determine by man or machine. In all our strivings they answered or asked, we could not tell, image after image, a torn body, a hole in soft sand, a bird, or something like it, upon the water. Their people harvesting crystals with crude tools, a sky full of stars, A great mob of aliens like a soup of eyes, the closing of the eyes and the reopening like birth or revelation or mourning, our own forms as seen by them, and so on. Perhaps these were their speech, and not merely images of their experiences, but with what meaning we did not know. Then realizing that we must show them what our language was, just as they had attempted to show us theirs, we led them to the library. Here were words, millions of words, so that they could not be taken as unique creations, but as plentiful and purposeful. We opened book after book before them, pointing out the letters and the words, showing how they repeated, speaking them out in repetition as to infants, hoping to form a rosetta stone for these advanced beings. We found the word book and pointed to the book. We found man and chair and alien and did the same. After long hours, when we pointed to the word, all we were shown in return was an image of the letters themselves, B-O-O-K and M-A-N and C-H-A-I-R. With the setting of the sun and the rising of the moon, the visitors' forms shifted and shook. The connection, the innate ability, that brought them weakened. They were aliens and had seen much. They could insinuate a hundred associations with a powerful remembrance, but they could not say one thing definite, which we all understood the same. And so they faded away, and my brain is full of wonders and vision. But what can I say? I know nothing for sure. I've tried here to record what I saw, to put into language what was merely sight. I am left with dreams, but nothing to grasp, with possibilities, but not a single fact. They came from the stars and beams of light that shone with brilliancy and cast nothing but shadows.
1: What I think is interesting about that is... Not just that it was inspired by the podcast, but I felt like, because I think it was that same episode where we talked about the book of Strange New Things, mm-hmm. and there was a little bit of that sort of alienness in there, too. That's so. true,
0: and it might have been stuck in my head from yeah, that unconsciously.
1: Yeah. So, I, I don't know, I just thought that was a really interesting sort of product
0: uh, to come out from that yeah. podcast. And it's a very different story for me in some ways. Mm. I haven't written this, like, every once in a while I want to write a nice sci-fi story, but it's hard to do sometimes in short. In pieces, short form, so. yeah.
1: One downside of doing it for this episode is that, again, we're sort of harping on images as uh, as inferior to words. Because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, they are sort of incomplete if you don't have the words yeah. to define what yeah. you, you see.
0: The nice thing about the story, though, is that there is a lot of wonder and amazingness with it. They just mm. can't learn anything for certain yeah. by themselves. Which is interesting. So. All right. Uh, Are we going to continue the serious tone, Nick, for our next segment? Yes, a very serious tone, Tim. It is time for Pun Times. Yay, it's back! Yes! (laughs) Finally, after... Teasing it for
1: a while. <laughs> in fact, I think we're mainly doing it because we realize we haven't done it in a while. Exactly, <laughs> and we kind of miss it. So, so we uh, just got to find a good subject here, Tim. So, um, I think since we've been talking movies, let's let's just let's just go for that, let's, like
0: movie titles or anything to do with a movie.
1: I would say, I'd say, run the let, let the
0: gambit run. Free. Let the gambit run.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, let your chariots of fire go, you know. May they uh just mm-hmm. go back to go to the back to the future and uh, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure this this will work out fine and uh it won't uh it- fail. <laughs> Stop
0: clowning around. Oh, uh,
1: that's that's you're
0: terrifying me. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, am I the king of puns or are you? Um, I don't know, but um. <laughs> Well, I was just trying to get Stephen King in there. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was, <I laughs> so was we will do the it thing. I was a little lost, sorry. Well, <laughs> you know where we're going with that one. Yeah, but uh, yeah.
1: I mean if it if, if you're the King of Puns, then then this is just all about the King and I. Oh. Anna, what else? <laughs> <laughs> Why that didn't make any sense? Isn't it Anna and the King? Anna oh okay. Say <laughs> <laughs> so, what does Anna have to do with this? What else did you want from me? <laughs> I mean, I guess I guess if this was doing a poly test, you could say that it was Pollyanna, but, but that has no, no bearing
0: on this. Um, to get it straight. I don't know. I, that had nothing to do with movie. I just wanted to do bearing straight. Um, <laughs> 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 we're slowly descending into madness.
1: Like your wordplay doesn't even, we're not even movie themed anymore.
0: No, that was that was a problem. I was just I was unhinged. Okay, let's go back to movies. Here okay.
1: All right. Um I, I haven't got a clue.
0: So you're clueless? <laughs> <laughs> that was a cheap shot.
1: The problem is, at this point, I'm not even certain sometimes the things you say if this actual movie, because there's so, probably so many movies, it's like, is that one I just haven't heard of before? Have you watched Clueless? I know what Clueless okay, is, yeah. I just, when you said I was a cheap shot. I was Well, like, just because... It
0: I think, that. Is, that a, is that a Steve Martin movie or something? No, no, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, if I'd been clever, I could have done that, but yeah. no.
1: We really should have brought one more person here to do this, and we'd be the three amigos. Or, yes. That uh, is the Steve Martin movie, right?
0: Yeah, that's, you know, you're, right, you know, you're right, you're right. I'll try to follow it up somehow, and all I had was three caballeros, and that wasn't funny, uh, yeah, it was yeah. just a word. <laughs> Do you know what Martians make sandwiches with? No. Space jam.
1: <laughs> well, it, I know it's, that was it's probably word. better than if they were using meatballs, then it'd be space balls. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and that should not be as funny as it is.
1: Uh, but, uh, sorry folks, this the segment is turning out a little rocky. You know, it's, yeah. it but I mean, on the plus side, at least
0: it's a knockout. That's true. And it's not a horror story.
1: No. Um, and you have a ringside seat to, uh, to this twister of a segment. That was
0: nice. <laughs> Congrats. So, Tim, uh-huh. I love my long setups, you know? Yeah. Um, so I was doing a math problem and, um, I'm not going to manage it. Never mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you had me hooked. I <laughs> Nice. Now, okay. Now, if we have too long of a, of a silence here, I'm just gonna have to fill it with the sound of music. I mean, I'm not, I'm no music man, but uh, see, I'm ugh. you know, we probably shouldn't have done music because we had trouble with or with with movie book. titles because we had t- trouble with with book titles before. Yeah. yeah, book
0: titles for some reason titles are like I just get frozen on. Well, I didn't actually meet us. dog got it. Yeah, <laughs> you got all tangled up.
1: Yes. yes. I, 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 yeah. I didn't actually mean us to get stuck on just titles, though. We could have gone with, you know, I'm trying to direct the scene. You trying, yeah, yeah, and you know, trying to produce something good here, trying to lighten
0: up the mood,
1: exactly. You know, trying, trying to, you know, so I don't have to do too much editing of the, the thing. Yeah, trying to, just trying to put on a show, be a star.
0: (laughs) I just gotta get started. That's (laughs) the problem. Like, I need a starting point.
1: Yeah, a better starting point. Yeah. Um, Well, maybe we'll just go with
0: that. Okay, is that enough? I don't. I don't. I See, the problem is like I pun better when I'm not thinking. Like when you put it on the like spot. like I had like five puns for this sock on my <laughs> microphone. This this thing. Okay, so guys, uh, we're missing a case for one of my microphones. That one the little foam things. That so we really have make. a sock on here, and you know we we're talking about putting a sock in it, and that you know um it was quite an amazing feat to do it with that, and you know that trying to spin a good yarn. Yeah, thin good yarn, and you know toe <sighs> the line. Darn huh. it!
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There, there might just be too many holes in this to yeah. I to f- the foot it. It holds with a double whammy.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: well, you know they come in pairs. So. Well, it looks like looks like we've uh, we, we've lost. We're, we, we, we're, we 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 missing I, something. I, I dropped
0: the ball. You dropped
1: the the ball. Oh. <laughs> Okay, that's a stretch you had to really think about that connected with a sock
0: what's feet
1: oh okay I was thinking like when you ball up socks so, uh, oh, oh no no. that's for. that'd
0: be too much of a stretch okay <laughs> <laughs> I guess I just have a leg up <laughs> <laughs> nailed See, I,
1: it I, I knew I knew you'd be able to string these along eventually <laughs> oh boy all right well we better wrap this up before it starts to stink
0: yeah yeah <laughs> If it, <doesn't already.
1: laughs> yeah, it probably does all right. Fun okay. times, Fun everyone! Time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because, honestly, pun times, like, we just do it naturally sometimes, and then, like, we're getting to pun times, like, our... My at least my brain dies. Yours has been going pretty good today. <laughs> it's easier almost
1: sometimes when you're not put on the spot. It
0: is. I like, I really just wanted to make a very complicated math setup about like subtracting and carrying, except and um, there was one that I didn't know where it went and was a rogue one. And you know, I couldn't make it work <laughs> quite right. It didn't add up. So sometimes, like you just have a beautiful mind. I, I, thank you. I would,
1: <laughs> I can't think of movies fast enough. Okay. All right. Here we go. So what's what's uh, we we had one more segment we wanted to to tie this all up. Yeah,
0: we wanted to do just a lot of little fun things this episode. So we're now doing. It came from the interwebs. Speaking of images, we were thinking about doing what? What if, and we just didn't have a good one. But we found there's actually a couple different kind of quizzes on the internet where they'll show you an image or a couple images, and you have to guess the movie from it. Now, granted, this is a podcast, and you won't be able to see the images, but we'll try to describe it for you. Well,
1: and hopefully, if the 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 quiz is good, they do pick up images that we can, you know, we can say, and you can be able to visualize and, and pick up on. So right you way. can play along
0: with us. Yes, maybe we'll have a we should have a, like a a Jeopardy thing between each one and be like, doo-doo. <laughs> They're not that, that hard, probably. Okay, this, this was a, can you name the movie these three images evoke? So we'll just show you the images. Okay, so we have sunglasses, a black leather coat, and a blue and red pill. Ah, okay, yeah. So if you have guessed it, audience, it is The Matrix. Yes. And what's amazing about this, and we didn't talk about this in our story school, is that the blue and red pill is an image that immediately make you think matrix. matrix. Yeah, It's amazing how that works.
1: It's true. Again, because they, they focus
0: a lot of time on it, but it's it's an imagery that works really really well. You know, we talked about one time with, uh when we were doing Chilling the Wells, making books that has just one image that would encapsulate the whole book. Mm, and yeah. people, there's a whole book style kind of minimalism that does that. Like, we'll put the one image that, you know, we encapsulate everything that this book is about mm-hmm. and this is a good use of images yeah
1: yeah matrix would yeah, make sense okay so next we've got uh running okay so i guess we should clarify these are not images in this case these are not images that are from the actual movie these look like they're all um they're not screenshots no they're just Im- they're just things just uh, various pictures one is a pair of shoes running well i mean there's a guy in the shoes running it's just on his feet I guess this is a shrimp. Yep, and then this some chocolates. a box of
0: chocolates. That so would be Forrest Gump. I would agree with that. That's so enter the answer. So that's it's again the box of chocolate. If you're going to make a book and put one image there, you put the box of chocolate, and you're like, oh, it's Forrest Gump.
1: Yep. And here's an interesting thing about that. I've never actually watched Forrest Gump all the way through. Oh, but you knew it. But I knew it because everyone knows life is like I mean, a, box a box of, of chocolates. Chocolate. Yeah. Okay, we got the color yellow. Uh, a woman in a wedding dress. And uh, katanas. Uh, this is this would be Kill Bill.
0: Yes, and again, I've never seen all the Kill Bill, but yeah, I, I
1: knew that. Yep. Yep. Okay, we've got uh, a knife, a rocking chair, and a shower curtain, which would be. Uh, I had to. This one you kind of need all three, yeah. I think, to really get. Which is interesting. I wouldn't have got if I the first two. I might have gone a different direction,
0: but the shower curtain. This has got to be Psycho and it's it's honestly kind of amazing three images and you're like the entire movie comes up.
1: Yeah, that's true. Okay, we've got a black umbrella, a chimney top and penguins. I would say Mary Poppins. That's what that's where I'm going with for this. The penguins are a little weird. I mean, there, there's the penguins in it, but it's not yeah. the first image
0: I would come up with.
1: Right? It's interesting. Usually, most of these, like the last one, really makes me think of it. This one, all I need is the chimney tops and the umbrella. The
0: umbrella did it almost. Yeah, I mean, you need a chimney top,
1: but you could have. Yeah. Okay, so we've got a guy crushing a skull. Kind of like it looks like Hamlet. Kind of a Hamlet sort of thing. We've got um, that tree that I always used for Africa. Yeah, <laughs> with a sunset behind it, and then we've got a boar. This has got to be the Lion King. Lion King. I mean, I like
0: the Hamlet picture, that's kind of clever, actually. That, I mean, is,
1: that is very, That is very what Lion King is. Um, okay, we've got a uh, mannequin, I think, like just the uh, ladies' bust sort of mannequin. Then we've got a moth, and then we've got um, a bottle of I believe that's Gianti. You know what this is? I do not know this one. I think I know this. This, I believe, is Silence of the Lambs. Ah, um, that's that moth. I remember that moth from I've never seen this movie. But I remember that moth from the poster. Oh, you're yeah. right, yeah. And the whole Chianti, that's that's a line that gets used about Hannibal Lecter all the time. Okay. Okay, so there's a guy staring at us, bald. Uh, hats, kind of a cowboy hat. And then, I'm not sure what's going. Oh, I think those are samurai. I think this is the Magnificent Seven. Okay. I think that's Yul Brenner on the left there. Okay.
0: Yep. Oh, nice. I would not have gotten that one.
1: Well, the Samurai, because the Magnificent <laughs> Seven is a American version of the Seven
0: Samurai. Okay. So you have to you have to know some film history for that one, I think. Yeah, this one has a skateboard, uh, Calvin Klein underwear, and DeLorean. Well, DeLorean. That's, <laughs> that, I mean, that's all that's you need. That's all you need. This is Back to the Future. <laughs> the Calvin Klein underwear is kind of funny, though.
1: <laughs> that's a, I don't even remember. Uh, probably a, yeah, yeah, Blocked there. that one from my mind. Uh, okay, we got a pair of wings, a bell, and... A black and white photo. I I think I know what this, this is. This
0: has to be um it's a wonderful life. life.
1: I don't know what's that last the last picture doesn't work that well for me, but all you need is the, the wings and the bell. And yeah. I think that maybe that's supposed to be the library. Maybe. Maybe they just want
0: black and white to get you in that
1: that frame set. Possibly. Okay, we've got a record player with a big one of those big Phonographs. Sort fun of phono- yeah, horn things. Uh some shoes and a woman with a crazy hat. Um, um I, I don't know this one. Um, They kind of look like tap dance shoes. So I don't know if it's a dancing sort of thing. Maybe uh, some sort of musical with that. Like a Fred Astaire sort I, of thing? Maybe. I don't know. I don't this know. was a little vague. We'll have to can stay go, for now because we, we've got a time limit on this thing. You can go
0: next and it'll let us go.
1: Oh, well.
0: It'll tell us the answer. I, I don't think it'll tell us the answer unless okay, we do.
1: So let's just move on. Um, We got some eggs. We've got some hanging meats
0: and some boxing gloves. That would be rocky. This is rocky. Yeah.
1: A snake, a a hat, (laughs) and a whip.
0: Doesn't take much to do that one. Nope. Uh, That would be um, Hulk Hogan's movie. No. (laughs) (laughs) This would be Indiana
1: Jones. It doesn't say which one, though, so let's just guess Raiders. Because, yeah. All right. That's that's the one everyone goes to first. All right. We've got a drain, a hammer, and the will cover The Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> is it, are they telling us the answer there? Because that is a movie. Um, <laughs> My guess is they're actually trying to go with Les Miserables. Yeah, but why would they have Count of Monte Cristo there? To make it classic? Victor Hugo? No. Um, yeah, oh, you're one. right. It's Dumas. It's not. You're yeah. right. It's a different author. So that's not right.
0: I mean, Sewers makes me think of Les Mis, Yeah,
1: because of what you told me. But The Hammer, I don't know what would be. <laughs> it is actually The Count of Monte Cristo. That would be funny. Well, I haven't read that, but. That would be ridiculous. Yeah, it's not. Um, I'm not sure about this one, actually. Um this well, is a revenge Oh, tale. wait a minute. Sewer Hammer. This makes me think. It might be, um, oh, what's that Prison Escape movie?
0: The Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. Movie? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Discount of Monte Cristo. There's a jailbreak. Okay. I don't remember if there's a, I don't remember if there's a, Um, that book actually features in the movie or not. But the he escapes through a sewer. Okay, the and... only
0: one I I need for this one is the last one here, which is a horse head. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah, this is the other. We've got a gun and we've got a cannoli.
0: <laughs> I think
1: this is this has got to be the Godfather. That horse head by itself, yeah, does it pretty much? Um, a roast of some sort, a tree with a hole in it, and a
0: watch and a watch. Um, I don't think... tree and a watch doesn't make that kind of makes me think of um Kill Mockingbird. Boo Radley, Neither watch. I mean, no, no, it's a little soap figure. Never mind. Okay. Well, oh, no. all right. You know, all right. You're right. All right. Good. I don't know that movie well enough. I don't. This I just. I've well never seen the movie. I only seen the book. Okay. Okay. So, oh, this is awesome. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, Santa hats, bare
0: feet, and C4. C4. This is Die Hard.
1: Yeah. The world's best
0: Christmas movie.
1: <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but
0: but the bare feet scene. Yeah. That, yeah. Again, images. Very memorable. Yes.
1: Um, we've got a car. We've got a kid dressed in a skeleton Halloween costume and a bonsai ah, tree.
0: This would be Karate Kid. Oh,
1: okay. I haven't seen that in
0: ages. I've, I wouldn't. I, the bonsai tree did it, and then I remember that they do dress. Honestly, like I
1: don't think I've seen that since I was like less than seven <laughs> it's been a long, long time
0: so this one like, like old ladies old ladies um is that arsenic is this arsenic in Old lace
1: oh could be yeah the, the the clue here is in the middle one is that is the a symbol is that the, the chemical symbol for it says arsenic?
0: as i i'm guessing it is and then a dead body uh, outline you might be right i never seen the movie yeah but but, that's
1: right but it is two old ladies and they, some
0: of these some of these are almost plunged on this title
1: yeah in some ways uh, we've got a fence, we've got a cup of water, and we've got a a jeep in the in the tree. Yeah, the
0: fence and the cup of water did it for me.
1: Yeah, this is Jurassic Park.
0: The cup of wa- See, Spielberg knows how to use images. Yeah.
1: Or in that fence, Does everyone remembered that, that. Seems the kid in the fence. I'm yeah. sure he's he's dead or something. I mean, good directors. They have
0: they they just have that scene.
1: Hmm. Okay, we've got an uh, airplane, uh, an old piano, and a fez. Um, Casablanca. Oh, it could be Casablanca. Good point. What were you? Th- My, the, <laughs> piano, me- the piano, I wasn't
0: quite sure about the Fez, but.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, though. Uh, if I can spell Casablanca. You went Blanca. Yeah, there you
0: go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no. We've got a rose, we've got a very hairy chest, yeah. and, and a chandelier. <laughs> this is hilarious. This is beauty and a beast. I love that they chose the hairy chest. <laughs> this is a great quiz. Okay, a bicycle, a telephone, and Reese's pieces. Oh, this has got to be E.T. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, Jack in the box, maple syrup, and a guy on a computer. Uh-huh. This might be. I'm not sure. This might be The Shining.
0: Okay, uh, that was gonna be my second guess. My my second guess. <laughs> I didn't guess yet.
1: Nope. Maybe not. Um, really? Because the guy riding it made me think of The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure about the other two things. Um, I This one doesn't isn't doing it anything for me. Writing also misery if we're
0: going that, but I don't know what the other two things would be. It's not misery.
1: All right, well, we'll have to move on. Uh, we've got a radio. We've got the uh, Empire State Building and a houseboat. Uh, um, I'm not sure about this one. You know any movies that take place on a houseboat? I do not. Let's try sleep us and see Yeah, that that's the,
0: what this tower made me think. Okay, oh, that was it. Okay. I don't know um, We need one image. No, yeah, uh, we it was the Empire State Building. That yeah. was that was a key. Again, keep that's us. an image I've only seen that I haven't seen been ages since I've seen that Yeah, movie. I've and I've only seen parts of it again. Yeah. But oh. okay, let's press give up and see what ones we're missing here. Okay. We're missing
1: My Fair Lady. Okay. Oh
0: that's the one with the phonograph, the Yeah, the, the the
1: rain in Spain stays mainly in the plane. That's what the photographs for, and then the hat. The hat I'm, yeah. I'm not sure those pictures are the best for that because the shoes, especially, really threw me off. Because those, those to me look like tap dance shoes, and she doesn't really tap dance in that movie. Yeah. That what's I the I other? Drew. What's
0: the other one that we missed?
1: Okay, toward the very end. Elf. Oh, okay. Jack in the Box. Maple syrup. He likes maple syrup. Yeah. I'm not sure about the guy on the computer. Yeah, i sh- probably should. Is but. it because
0: he he looks like he's at a, a kids table? Maybe. Could be. Yeah, so, that one was hard. So anyways this this I think this intro was actually quite good to talk about something we did not talk about in the image thing which is just how powerful individual images are for for an overall yeah yeah for memory yeah like inception the little spinny thing the top yeah Yeah. Um, and most a lot of the most famous movies have that one or two things that you can be like that's the movie you know star wars a lightsaber anything star wars honestly (laughs) i mean i mean the first movie i I mean the tie fire the lightsaber the death star it has
1: a very iconic images sort of movie yeah. yeah um i'm trying to think of some other good examples like that that quiz touched on a lot of them a lot, so. yeah, a
0: lot of the really powerful ones. I mean you got the sled from Susan Kane, oh yeah, Rosebud, things like that, anyways, it was it, that was a nice filling in something we didn't talk about, plus it was a lot of fun, actually, that was end up being a pretty good quiz, yes, I like that all right, so we've now come to the end of a yet another episode,
1: and it has been a pleasure. um I'm getting a little chilled here in this, yeah. Although I, I hear some very high pitched voice in the other room, so maybe uh, maybe he'll give us a hand, to help us clean up. That'd be nice. His. Yeah. But meanwhile, um, before we get we move on, uh, we should give them some contact info.
0: All right. Uh, join us at our Facebook page at Just Facebook Derailed Trains of Thought. Yeah, yeah. And then our website Derailed Trains of Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, etc. Um, email us at at gmail.com
1: and of course if you're ever interested you can check out some of our personal individual endeavors nick has lots of short stories at worksofnick.com. yeah
0: especially go to the story index and you'll see will by the time this comes out probably 100 different flash fictions at the very least There you
1: and if you're interested in watching some of my uh kingdom hearts playthroughs i can't promise i'm a that great of a player but uh if if you're interested in hearing me nerd out about it you can check that out at uh storyteller frog that's on twitch
0: and then uh, go ahead, like, check out our old, old, old hijacks if you want to, you know, catch up on um, watch, Rewatch Lost or... We
1: haven't started the Babylon 5 yet, but uh, we've got the first two seasons of Lost on there, like, two two se- two and a half seasons of Once Upon a Time. If you're into that, we probably will not be doing the, what, new ones. The, the new the new Once Upon a Time. We decided we're just
0: ready for a break from that. We'll tell you about it at the end of the season or something. Yeah, probably. I haven't actually had a chance to watch it yeah, yeah.
1: Anyways. So I guess that means it's time for my soundtrack. Yes. Or maybe I should say your soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> uh, you you pointed me to a, a song, a, a possible remix, which I thought was uh, a great choice. Uh, this is from Mario Paint, a remix from Mario Paint, which that was a fun experiment that Nintendo did way before they were doing Wii stuff, where you get to paint on your Super Nintendo. It was a lot of fun, and
0: you could make music too.
1: Yes, I you, thought that was fun. You could make music, but this is based off. I think this is the uh, title screen. Um, the remix is called Picking Colors it's by Dabby Dab or something like that Obviously, <laughs> I'm gonna say which I thought this is a fun little story in, in the write up that uh, most of the uh, people who uh, do music for OC remakes you think of them as like music students kind of college age 20s or 30s or something like that this one is adult children introduced him to uh OC Remix, and you said he's actually a grandpa? No, no, there's another person. Oh, another person who's a grandpa. Yeah. Okay. Well, this guy might be old enough to be a grandpa, I don't know, but uh, he did a really cool bluegrass version of the title it's from nice. Mario Paint. It's pretty cool. Picking colors. I hope you enjoy. And Let's, let's get out of here, Tim. Alright, until next time. This has been Nick. And this is Tim. Bye. Adios.